Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we spend a full year stripping motion controls out of this podcast. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined as I am always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including Nintendo's latest earnings report. And then on Thursday, we are, for real this time, going to do the ABCs of Square Enix. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Patrick. We are going to be talking about it for 4.33. But I just feel like I need to talk about it up front, because... Today is the 20th anniversary of the release of Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. And as of the day that we're recording uh, right. this, we yeah, understand yeah. As that. As of yesterday. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I think I have Attack of the Clones fever because everybody else has Attack of the Clones fever. Okay. Because I don't think I'd like Attack of the Clones, but everybody like you know is posting stuff today. And their favorite bits from Attack of the Clones are like little you know details and stuff that they right, like. Right, right. And... I'm like, do I like Attack of the Clones? Okay, here's the thing. We like Star Wars. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Um, boy, I don't really know where to go from there. Because <laughs> I think the answer is still no. We'll talk about know, it. We'll talk about it. We will, we will we'll talk, talk about, about it. it. We, yeah. we'll, we'll definitely talk about it more. Um, but Mark, I there's, there's something else uh, actually today, the 17th, that I want to celebrate uh, and just give a uh, shout out to my brother, who doesn't listen to this podcast, um, but who's getting top surgery today. Oh, congratulations. So congratulations to my brother um, getting some gender affirming care, uh, which I'm so excited for. And I just, you know, I want to put that energy out into the world. What a great thing that's happening. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'm just, it's. Uh, it's been so long, and I just—it's—it's it's great. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm very happy and excited for him. That's amazing. Congratulations, uh, and congratulations, uh, Jack. I'm sorry you don't listen to this podcast. Uh, Mark, speaking of things that my brother doesn't do, my copy of Sonic Forces. Would you like to borrow it? Uh, you certainly can. All you gotta do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com and give us a mailing address. We can send you my copy of Sonic Forces. You play it for as long as you want which could be a, a, a zero amount of time, could be no, no minutes. Um, and then you send it back, and I pay for postage both ways. There may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there, but that doesn't make the program any less perfect. That's right. It remains a perfect, perfect program. program. Another thing you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere that you get your podcasts. We appreciate it so much. It helps people find the show, which is how we grow. Um, thanks to Kid Icarus222, who reposted, or I guess posted a new review on Apple Podcasts after Apple deleted their first one. Thank you, Kid Icarus222. It's, look, we, we don't have any control over what uh, Apple Podcasts does with the reviews once they're up there. All we know is we like seeing them. Yes, yeah. And if we see them on mm-hmm. the US Apple Podcast Store, we'll give you a shout out. We can't see them anywhere else, but we really appreciate it. So if you leave us a review on Spotify or if it's, here, here, here's what it is. Okay. It's like um, reviews everywhere else are like the ghosts from 13 Ghosts. And you emailing us is like giving us the glasses also from 13 Ghosts so we can see those reviews. 
I kind of. We still can't see them, <laughs> but we know they're there. <laughs> I haven't seen Thirteen Ghosts since ever. I, but I, I, don't, I don't know what we're doing here, Mark. <laughs> I know. Should we stop right we now? Should so stop just go right watch, now. Go watch yeah, 13 Ghosts. We'll stop right now. We'll watch 13 Ghosts. We'll be right back. <laughs> okay. I completely understand it Thank now. Thank you. I, Thank you. I agree with you that I don't know that the metaphor holds. But it's a strong metaphor. Thank you. And I think we can go with it. Um, so if you, yeah, so if you leave us a review on any other store that's not the US Apple Podcast Store, you're like the ghost in 13 Ghosts and we can't see you. Right. But if you, you should provide us with the glasses so we can see you and the glasses in this metaphor is emailing us or hitting us up on Twitter. So that way we, we can, can give you a shout out. We can give you a shout out. Yeah, it's a perfect metaphor, and I'm glad we stopped the show to to, to watch 13 Ghosts. Uh, also, uh, Mark, everyone should get on our Discord. We're having a nice time talking about Nintendo stuff. Uh, it is a private Discord, so you must be invited uh, to be part of the Nintendo Cartridge Society. So e- email us, hit us up on Twitter. Um, we'll let you in so we can keep talking about fun stuff. Um, all right, Mark, are you ready to get into what we have been playing this Yeah, week? let's do it. Uh, I'm still working my way through Dragon Quest Builders 2. Um, I'm sort of proud of myself for like still playing this game. Um, I am. Uh, I've I've gone into the marshes. I have. Uh, I've started planting sugarcane. Um, I was uh, setting up a, a field that to to grow sugarcane. You have to flood a field and then uh, put the plant the sugarcane in it. Um, and I was uh, digging out this field and like pouring water into it. And Sarah was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Oh, you need to do this for the sugarcane." She was like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, just ha- having having the like uh, very specific like processes that like. I was following. She observed me following it. Asked me what I was doing, and then I explained. It, it's all. It's a, it's just like a simple thing, but makes it feel real. Do you know what I mean? Um, that like rules were established. I obeyed the rules, and I got the 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 results that I, I was told I would get. Uh, it's just very satisfying. I really I really love that game. Even if I'm only playing it for like an hour or two a week, um, it's just like I find it fulfilling. That's fun. That's really fun. Um, Mark, we've both been playing some Nintendo Switch Sports this week. Yeah, after not really picking it up last week, I came back to it this weekend. Which are there specific sports that, now that we have the full board available to us, at least you know golf is coming and all of that. Right. There's another soccer and we've mode had, on the way. We've had them all available from the get go. <laughs> also, yeah, that's true. That's you don't true. have to unlock anything. But, but I so when I first uh, when I first started it up when it came out, I did not play soccer. That was the one that I like didn't check out now where were you randomly selecting things or were you no specifically i was like avoiding specific, soccer? i i yeah i for whatever reason doesn't like soccer mark doesn't like soccer no i don't even think it was that i think in the limited time that i was playing it i was like oh, i'll check out volleyball check out this thing and then after you and i talked the first week your impression of soccer was my impression of volleyball where it was like pretty complicated you weren't very high on soccer so i was like right. oh maybe i won't worry about it but this past weekend i finally checked it out and I really like soccer a lot. I think it might be my favorite sport Whoa. in Nintendo Switch Sports Whoa. right now. Yeah. I think it's, uh, like, it is more complicated, you know, than a tennis or something like that. But 
uh, to me, it's more intuitive than the volleyball controls, which I think require like they, there's just like more to more moves to remember. Whoa, that's that's wild. Sarah was also having a hard time wrapping her head around uh, the volleyball controls, um, and like to the point where she was uh, like starting to get like a little bit like I don't want to play this, you know. Like she wasn't saying that she was being a good sport about it, but like I could tell, um, and. Uh, I was like, well, you know, it's just, it's just like, just do like the motions as though you were really playing volleyball, you know, bump, set, spike. Uh, and she was like, I don't really know how volleyball works. It was like, oh, okay. All right. So Mark, let me ask you, do you know how volleyball works? Yeah. I, I think I understand the concept of volleyball, but maybe now I'm, uh, I'm second guessing myself. I think for me, and again, I only played it that one time. It was like, eh, maybe not, but there's just too many like potential actions, right? There's bumping, there's setting, there's blocking, and there's spiking. Right. And it just seems it's all just like too much. Like I just don't want to worry about it. <laughs> but it but it always happens in, in this order. Bump, set, spike. Right. Bump, set, spike. And if you're on defense, block. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But soccer, yeah. I think is really. I've just really been enjoying it. I, it's four on four soccer. I've never had you asked like how many people were in it. I've never had a. I never played a match that wasn't four on four. Okay, that wasn't yeah. like full teams. Yeah, um, if you're doing it online, I think it always matches you with full teams. But if you are uh, like playing locally, you can um, either do. I think there's one on one, but there's definitely two on two. Um, that uh, the field shrinks like oh, to okay. to match the number of players uh, on 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 that field, um, and I just uh, in, in you mentioned that this wasn't really an issue for you, but like I did find that there were times uh, in those like four on four soccer games where like I was hanging out uh, over like either on the offensive side or defensive side, kind of just wherever uh, everyone else wasn't. Um, waiting for the ball to get like back over to me and just that downtime being kind of a bummer. Oh yeah. No, I, I totally know what you're saying. Cause there definitely are moments where if you choose to hang back, which actually makes a ton of sense because most often, you know, people will swarm the ball, but yeah. that just means the goal is wide open, yeah. whether you're on offense or defense. And so I found myself hanging back quite a bit to play like that kind of like goalie position. But I, in the matches I was in and I played maybe like six or seven matches, I, there was never so much downtime where the ball wasn't pretty quickly, you know, within like 15 or 20 seconds, yeah, either back, getting yeah. scored or like making its way back. So I didn't find it to be too bad. I think the, it, the game is really smartly designed. Like it's, you're either, if you, if a team is up like two zero, then the g ball becomes like a golden ball and it's worth two points. Yes. And so you can, if the, team that has zero points scores if the game is tied so it matches or it like catches them up really quickly but if the team that's up by two scores the game's just over yeah and so it may keeps the matches going like really quickly i don't know i'm super into soccer on nintendo switch sports i think it's a ton of thumb i also think that the i now realize that the game mode that the leg strap is for doesn't exist yet there, okay we're sure of that I, the shootout well, mode does not exist. It do, it doesn't exist, or at least I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to access it. I mean, I think you would have to access it specifically, and I think it's just a single player thing at the moment. So you would have to like be playing by yourself, not online. Select soccer, and then select the shootout mode. Oh, okay, so then maybe I'm not confident that it doesn't exist because I've only played online. 
It's we're in a house with your switch right now. We could check it out right now. <laughs> we just we already we just watched, we watched thirteen ghosts already. Yeah, you're right. Um, maybe after we record. But anyways, yeah, I'm super into soccer. If people want to play online, that would be that'd be great. Sorry, one more thing I have to yeah. say about it is I. Do you do a lot of headers? I, they're so funny to me. Yeah, they're very and, uh, funny. Uh, because you basically like plank. Remember planking everybody? Um, you would, you basically like do like this like weird like salmon, you know, like planking type thing. It's the Luigi is it's, what it is. It's, it's very Lu- funny. <laughs> it, I love that, you know, when the the, fir- the game boots up and you're seeing like the four players against four players and, you know, everybody's like doing their moves, but you get into like a planking party where everybody's mm-hmm. kind of doing the Luigi. Um, but it's pretty easy to tell if you're playing online with real people or you're playing online with computers because the computer characters all have like nice real names. You know, it's like, um, Hester or Jericho, Bridget, exactly. Versus, you know, when you're playing online with, uh, other real people, you know, it's like Ace 42 or, you know, like Bone Dog. Yeah, that's right. That's no, people have some strange names on there. That's right. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, how are you finding the uh like the reward system in in the game? We we talked about it a little bit in the Discord today. Um but there is a new like set of rewards uh that center around the uh, like the green jumpsuit and um the squirrel body, which first of all, this answers the question of why are there only two body types in the game that are uh like human and, and me. me. Um there's now a third and it's squirrel. <laughs> I didn't realize that. So yeah. I I was going for those, like, uh, what do they call them? Like, uh, I was going to say Jamba Juice. That's not right. But it's... Yeah, it's something like... It's something juice. Yeah. Uh, Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Okay. I was going for those rewards because I wanted the kind of like Hawaiian, green Hawaiian shirt and like the green bucket hat type thing going on. So I got those. I didn't realize... That juice smoothies. That's the, what it the is. Lotus. Juice smoothies. Yes. Yes. That's right. I didn't realize... That the cat person... It's a squirrel. Oh, sorry. The squirrel person... I understand your confusion. It's purple, but... <laughs> the, the squ- I didn't realize that the squirrel person was like a body type that you could earn if you get all of the other items. I kind of... I'm torn a little bit like on the randomness of getting the items. I kind of wish I could just pick the ones I wanted, but there right. is something interesting to the randomness of it. Yeah. I mean, I wish you could like weight it towards like... Oh, I want reactions or I want hats or whatever. Um, Cause like I do badly want more reactions because I love spamming reactions. Um, you, just like we used when we played uh, Triforce heroes, uh, you, me and Matt Acevedo. Um, they're just, it's just fun to like hit that little like crying reaction when like you don't get a strike in bowling or something. <laughs> um, bowling, by the way, I- I'm really enjoying. Uh, I-, I don't know why, like I, maybe the fact that it's like a little bit longer, um, and like you, people fail out like kind of more gradually. There's no, like everyone stays to the end. Um, I don't know. It, it feels, it feels good. I don't know. I, I like, I like the bowling, the way bowling is set up a lot. Yeah. I, that's another one that I've only ever played online. So I've only done the tournament, mm-hmm. you know, like the three rounds or whatever, but I really like that setup too. Um, yeah, we should try some of like the single player stuff. Cause like there, there are different, like, uh, variations to bowling right where there are like obstacles on the course and stuff like that yeah i haven't done any of that the online is just so like fun and engaging it's the only way to score those points to uh, unlock that extra stuff um and we have now uh, gone past the point where like 
the the common pack uh, is gone now. Presumably, it will come back at some point. Um, but like the the cute pack is also probably just about to to run out at the moment. Um, and I don't have everything in the cute pack. Yeah. Uh, so like. You know, it's uh, I, and I have to assume that all of these things will like come back in in waves. There are three of them active right now, so like, you know, I'm I'm sure I'm sure we'll have more opportunities to unlock these things. Um, but yeah, I when I'm playing, I kind of don't want to play the single player version because I don't want to miss out on the opportunity to like score the points and get the cus- mm, customization mm-hmm. stuff. If we like, if you and I played together online, don't know. And then went on, you know, like online. Yeah. It, do those count or is it? Pure, yeah, I don't know either. Um, but I'm actually, so, you know, Nintendo Switch Sports came out. I played it for a little bit, had a good time. Last week didn't touch it at all. And then this weekend brought it out again. This weekend is the weekend that hooked me. Yeah. Like really finding like soccer, some of those uh, newer rewards. Like I, it was just like, oh yeah, like Nintendo Switch Sports is super fun. It also uh, makes me think that we have no idea how much content is in this game or will be in this game by the end of it. Um, The introduction of a third body type made me realize that when you're selecting bodies... (laughs) There's something so I know, (laughs) it's very strange. The introduction of the third body type, though, made me realize that when you were selecting human and me that there's a ton of empty space on that menu. And mind you, this could be a Super Mario Maker 2, uh, other themes, and it's just Super Mario 3D Land, World, whatever. Um, and they're, 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 it's not going to be populated with a bunch of other stuff, but there's space for like 20 other bodies in there. So like, I just, I, I think there's a lot in this game. I think they're going to keep updating it for a while. I'm, I'm excited to spend some like real time with it throughout the rest of the year. Have there been any sports that you're now like, oh, I don't really want to play this. For me, it's like tennis. No, I, 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 I'm I, happy to play tennis. I'm happy to play badminton. I really like volleyball. Chambara is really... I, I, th- I think they're all... Like, I can't really tell you which is my favorite because I like them all. But but you're, you're over tennis? At the moment, yeah. Wii I, tennis, which was like the quintessential uh, Wii seller... Mark is like no, doesn't want it. <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's fine. It's <laughs> totally good. Uh, I think. I think uh, it's okay if you've moved on. I just have my. I just have my uh, eye on soccer right now. Yeah, yeah. So last week, Card Shark, the indie game that we've kind of been excited about since it was announced at the an indie world showcase a while back, it is coming out on June second. But it released a demo which I picked up, and I've been playing that a little bit. So I don't know exactly what I expected the gameplay to be, but. It isn't what I expected it to be, but it's fun. It's cool. So basically the way it works is that there are every, at least in the demo, every like location that you're going to, your goal is to collect money. And every location that you're going to, there's a new con for you to learn. And this like con is essentially a combination of actions, button presses, and timing that you have to get down in order to um uh cheat your way in the, in like the card game and the money that you earn you can both like donate it to this group that has like taken you in but also you need to retain some of it because you're making you know these bets on each hand yeah sure um and i found it to be 
surprisingly, it's like challenging and pretty tension filled because when you're doing it for real, when in like the actual like card game against other people, everything has a time limit. And so you're trying to, you know, remember the actions and all that stuff that you need to take in order to complete, you know, like in order to uh, cut the deck in the right way or, um, you know, like you are pouring wine and while you're pouring wine, the somebody like raises their cards up and in those brief moments that you have to pour the wine before the glass overflows, you have to look at their cards and determine like oh, what yeah. suit do they have the most of? And then I have to remember, you have to remember the signal that you use to like cue your partner in on that suit. So it's really fun. I am blocked, right? Like I'm not blocked because I could leave and go to a different place, but there's, I'm on one right now that I'm like, I genuinely had need to put this down because I'm, I cannot figure out how to do it. And I was failing so much that I was like losing a ton of money. So it was like, okay, after thinking about it for a few days, <laughs> I think I know how to do it now. Oh like I God, think I know how to get days? around it. But yeah, just because it um but in the moment I was like, oh, this is pretty tough. Because basically what you have to do is you have like a deck of fifty-two cards, and while the time is counting down, um, and the longer, you know, like basically you run out of time because people get more and more suspicious. There's like a suspicion meter mm -hmm. and it goes up the longer you're taking. But basically what you have to do is your partner gives you a, a separate deck and at a moment you like leave. And in that moment you have to um, put cards in a specific order so that way th your partner gets the highest card. But then you have to remember the, the other cards that you took out and the order in which you took them because you get a duplicate deck and you have to go out and like remove those same cards, but you only have a really limited amount of time to do it. And for the life of me, I just could not figure out like how am I supposed to remember all of this and yeah. do it in this like twenty seconds? Um, I don't know. It's really it's very cool. I found it like a little bit stressful because I I wish it was more because you don't like being dishonest. <laughs> I, I just wish it would, it was it was more forgiving with time. Or that there were, like, difficulty settings. Sure. So you could give yourself more time to do some of it. I think it ramps up in difficulty pretty quickly. But it is very cool. And that also may be a function of the demo, too. That it's, like, trying to give you a, a taste of, like, the deep end as well as, like, the sort of introductory stuff. Um, but that's cool. Now you describing it, I'm going to go and download the demo and, and try yeah, it out I myself. I think it's something you would really like. Cool. And then, of course, I've been continuing to make my way through Dragon Quest XI-S Echoes of the Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch. I hear you have some good news. Yes. So I was stuck on this fight, um, uh, as always, few minutes of spoilers for this game. So I returned to Octagonia, uh, where Jade is, and, cause, and she's under like the spell of this monster who runs a casino in the octagon fighting area now named uh, Booga. Oh, I thought you were going to say named Monstropolis. Isn't it called? Don't they change the name of the city because it's overrun by monsters? It. I don't remember. It could be. I might be thinking of Monsters Incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's uh, the, the, the fight, like the culmination of it is really difficult because you fight Jade in her like, uh, entranced form first and then you immediately go into the Booga fight and uh, Booga saps MP from you so you can't heal your characters aren't able to like do their special moves very well and because you just run out of MP yeah 
I failed at it the first couple of times I tried. And so I went back out into the world and spent a few time, a few probably like hours going like five levels up and then went back and was leveled enough that I could just kind of burst him down. Yeah, just kind of brute force him. And I was able to get some more like points so I could buy some more abilities for my characters. But I was lucky because I was in an area that had, um, I can't remember what exactly they're called, but they're like the liquid metal slimes. And so if you're, they often when you encounter them in battle, they'll run away. Yes. But if they stay and you're able to defeat them, they give you 30,000 um, experience XP. points. Yeah, which is huge. Yeah. So, you know, like it, I was very quickly able to level up because I'm at the point where it takes, you know, 36,000, 40,000 points, experience points to level up one of my characters. And you know, it's hard. It's difficult to find enemies that each give you more than a thousand XP. So yeah. it would have taken me forever to level up. So I was lucky, or I guess maybe that was like good game design that those were in that area. Um, okay. So you've, you finished up with uh, uh, Octagonia. Are you, where are you headed now? Okay. So know? I have, I got back on the ship mm -hmm. and I'm going back to Sniffleheim. Yeah, you are. And, yeah, uh, you are. and, and Eric, mm -hmm. I, we found Eric in the ship as a stowaway. But he his memory is wiped, and we just, you know, like went underwater to get past the golden um, iceberg that was blocking the entrance to Sniffleheim, and that's where I put the game down. So that's where I am right now. Great, you're headed into one of the all-time great. Uh, oh, okay, story excellent. beats. Excellent. Followed excellent. by another one of the all-time great story <laughs> beats. I'm still missing the sisters. So, right. and Eric's not like in my party yet. Right, right, so I right. So I still need to do. I think I still need to do whatever Eric's deal is. And then I need to go get the sisters. And then my party will be together for now. Yes, it will. <laughs> Mark, we shan't say any more about it for fear of uh, ruining someone's experience, uh, particularly yours. Um, but that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Another week of not a ton of releases, but one thing... What? that got revealed last week is on Friday, May 20th, Kirby 64, the Crystal Shards is being released for Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack subscribers. Kirby month persists. Kirby month continues. Um, do we need to do an episode just about this game? I want to play it. I am. I think it, we should. Yeah. When we went on uh, Connor McCabe's podcast, mm -hmm. the, uh, which one were we on? Boy. Uh... Video games, a comedy show. I, was it a video games a comedy show? No, or was it was it? whatever their Patreon one is. It's the Super NPC, just like games club show. Connor, let us know. Connor, let us know. Uh, which we're um, sorry we're butchering. Yeah, we're sorry we're butchering this. <laughs> but they, uh, Connor talked about mm -hmm. loving this game, and it's one that I've never played before. And so I'm really excited to give it a shot. Maybe we should do an episode on it. I mean, I think we should. I yeah. think we can do Kirby Month Continued. We already did six Kirby Month episodes. Why Why can't we do another one? We, it's our show. We'll do it. Um, here's another thing that we want to just bring up uh, because we are quickly approaching the uh, end of credit card payments being accepted on the 3DS and Wii U eShops. Uh, Monday, May 23rd is the drop dead date for that. Um, that means that you will no longer be able to put money onto your accounts using credit cards directly from the Wii U 
or uh, Nintendo 3DS eShops. Um, so any of that stuff that you want to get a hold of, it'll become more difficult to do so. Not impossible. You can always uh, add funds using, um, if, your, uh, if your accounts are all tied together, you can uh, add money on your Switch. You can still add money with gift cards. Um, and of course, you can still download stuff that you've already purchased and stuff like that. But it just means that we are entering... We are entering the end game here. Yeah, and this is the last episode before yes, it happens. Right. So, or the last news episode before it happens. So That's we right. just wanted That's to right. call it out. Um, all right. Uh, well, Mark, let's close out the new releases segment. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, you already teased it up top, but today is the 20th anniversary of the release of Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Uh, so we're just talking about Attack of the Clones. What are your feelings on this movie, Patrick? I think it's the worst Star Wars movie. I think it might be, too. I, th- I think, I mean, it's possible that Rise of Skywalker gives it a, a, a run for its money, but I think it's just so bad. <laughs> the thing is, I, and this kind of happened with Phantom Menace as well, where so much, like at this point, you know, 20 years have passed and the things that really used to in the lead up to the rise of Skywalker, I watched yes. all of the, you know, the movies again. And it had been a while since I had done that. And it was still really hard to get through attack of the clones. But I mean, at this point it's like the only one that I think of, of the prequels that is like really hard to get through. Yeah. I agree. Like, I think uh, Revenge of the Sith like ob- has its obvious merits, um, and um, Phantom Menace is like maybe awesome. <laughs> like uh, all all normal complaints apply to it. Yes, the acting is wooden and bad, um, but there's so much spectacularly good about Phantom Menace that like yeah, it's it's just hard to ignore that. I think in the past twenty years, uh, the the prequels have become so many people's. Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. And it has become just like so much more of a part of Star Wars. We have so many novels and, you know, like yes. good expanded universe stuff that feel as Clone in a Wars. lot of like, yeah, like yeah. the gaps in, that didn't like necessarily make sense in um, when it first came out. I don't know. I look on it with a lot more fondness now than I did at the time. And actually, my memory is I liked Attack of the Clones fine when it first came out Mm -hmm. um and then because i was totally uh, i can't remember i was like a a young teenager and i was totally on the oh it's like a little bit darker than you know like phantom menace jar jar's not in it yeah (laughs) hit the road jar jar (laughs) yeah and then which i mean like fair also like (laughs) like, like, get out of here jar jar but you know but like uh now like the goofier aspects of it Mm -hmm. um i have come I've changed my mind on, you know, like I used to think that uh, Jexter Dexter or whatever his name is. Yeah. De- Dexter Jetster. Right. Isn't it that way? Dexter Jetster. You yeah. might be right. Um, 
Oh, I used to think he was stupid too. I didn't understand why this big like slug man had a mustache. I was like, or why it's in like sense. this like 1950s diner. What's up with the diner? But What's now, up with like, these robot weird, waiters? Weird, yeah. weird Star Wars is what I want. Like Weird yeah. Star Wars was my favorite Star Wars, and so I don't know. I I think just time has been kind to it, and it's just been around for so long. It has just become more Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I think it still doesn't save the like performances of like the lead couple actors. Um, like the, uh, Anakin and Amidala and even Obi-Wan, like they all, uh, all those characters are portrayed really woodenly, really boringly. Um, and it's not, I don't think it's the actor's fault. I think it is like truly uh, just that like the direction of people doesn't make any sense when George Lucas does it. And like the, the, the plot of like, the, you know, uh, uh, Palpatine hires, it doesn't, uh, it, 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 there's so many layers of ideas does. doesn't make any sense and, and it's based on a typo in the <laughs> script like it makes sense that it was supposed to be like darth sidious at one yes, point yes and i i have not seen clone wars but don't in clone wars they kind of don't they get into it a little bit more and try yeah, to like they like explain it right yes yeah. and and like that that is the uh the saving grace of a lot of these things is that uh, you can go back and try to make sense of things that didn't make any sense. Arguably, that's what like you know a passing reference to the Clone Wars in Episode Four. Uh, you know, that's what uh, Episodes One, Two, and Three like sort of tried to make sense of. Um, and like you can feel that sort of happening in like the Mandalorian now of them like trying to make sense of like somehow Palpatine returned, right? Um, and like you know, how satisfying any of that is, we'll only be able to tell when it's all been played out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, Attack of the Clones has benefited tremendously from the material surrounding it. Tr- I, tremendously. I also think that I just have a much greater appreciation for George Lucas than mm. I did when these movies came out. Uh, I think he's a genius. And I love that he was just doing what he thought was fun and what he wanted to you know, like in these yeah. movies that he didn't feel as beholden to what Star Wars quote unquote is. And, you know, there's a lot I liked about the third trilogy and, you know, Rogue One and stuff like that. But it is definitely much more beholden to this specific idea of what Star Wars is versus the prequels. Uh, well, I guess we'll never know what my response to that would have been. We were accompanied today by an ensemble at the Musical Instrument Museum in Phoenix. Mark, let's get into the news. Okay, I looked it up um, because I didn't want Connor to be mad at us. Not that we're afraid of Greg Smith, but I don't want to have to be afraid of Connor McCabe either. Right. Um, Our list of enemies grows long. (laughs) It's, I think it's just uh, super NPCs. Okay. Okay. Was the podcast we were on. And and going, I think it's this. (laughs) That's going to stave off Connor's (laughs) wrath. Connor, you can still write in, let us know. We'll tweet out a link to it. Last week, Nintendo released their earnings for the fiscal year that ended in March 2022. The Switch has sold 107.65 million units. This makes it the fifth best-selling video game console all time of all time worldwide, behind the PlayStation 2, Nintendo DS, Game Boy slash Game Boy Color, Nintendo counted those two together, and PlayStation 4. Huge. It's about 10 million between it and PlayStation 4 worldwide. So probably by the end of this upcoming fiscal year, it will be the third best selling because Nintendo expects to ship 21 million Switch 
this year, which is, to me, insane for a console's sixth year. This last year, they sold 23.06 million. Wow. Um, and I, I know that like PlayStation just revised their, uh, or they, they changed their projections to sell to be selling more PlayStations in the next year. Yeah. Um, but even that is below 20 million. Um, and I, it's all obviously based on um, what they can manufacture. Um, I have noticed that it's not like uh, sw- switches aren't as hard to come by these days. You can almost always get them for um, like their uh, retail uh, price. Um, and there was even a little bit where their prices were cut by like 40 bucks at some retailers for um you know, a little while until they, they sold out at that price. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, I guess it's, it's just interesting to see that sort of like level out to a place where like they're just generally available. I've been playing a lot more in handheld recently, mm. like with um, Dragon Quest Eleven S, Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch, um, because I played in just like fits and starts. Yeah. And so it's just much easier to do that in handheld mode than always going to the TV. But I am... So whenever I see that OLED models are available, yeah. I'm really tempted. But I also genuinely think we're, you know, like a year away from some new hardware. And so, but I guess a year is a long time. So like a year of upgraded hardware wouldn't be the end of the world. So I don't know. I'm just torn on yeah. whether I should get an OLED model or not. Are you tempted to upgrade at all? I mean, kind of, but it's also $350. Like... There, there's no denying that like that price tag is real um and like i know the experience is uh very different when you're doing it in, in handheld mode you and i both have launch day switches we bought them on the same day like the hour the first hour that they were available uh on the west coast um so like we've got the old version right um so even just getting like a regular switch right now would be an upgrade uh but like i i think about what you're saying about um, like playing Dragon Quest on it. Um, and it makes me think that like there's something to that two switch lifestyle. Um, Cause like it takes a little bit to start up Dragon Quest Builders 2, right? It just takes a while for it to like load into the game. Uh, and I keep turning it off so I can play Nintendo Switch Sports or like uh, when Kirby comes out uh, at the end of the week, they'll be doing it for that. Um, or for you know whatever reason but like if there's just one switch that like stays on with uh dragon quest builders and i'm like playing it in bed or occasionally like dropping it into the dock to to play on the tv like that 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 two switch lifestyle i don't know man i know i can totally because dragon quest 11 s echoes of elusive age definitive edition for the nintendo switch also takes a while to start up right plus uh whenever I'm playing in handheld mode and it gets hot, like the fan is constantly running. So the battery life is terrible when I'm playing it. And so that's another reason why I'm like, maybe I should upgrade because the battery, when I was playing on the TV all the time, battery life didn't make a difference. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But now it's like, I'm constantly having to go and recharge. Like really it's like maybe two hours at most playing, uh, the Dragon Quest game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of Loose Page Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch. Thank you. And I have found it's that. Done. I mean, that, that that was that was true for me too. When especially uh, in uh, hospital waiting rooms over the last uh, month or so, uh, playing Dragon Quest Builders too, um, where I would get like ninety minutes, uh, two hours into it, and then be like, oh, okay, now I gotta stop and do something else because um, it, it eats all 
all the way through the battery. Yeah, I feel like battery life is really where I'm feeling it. We got these old switches, we man. We do. We this do. Is, this is our own fault. Nintendo's offered us multiple <laughs> solutions, and we've taken none of them. Well, the other reason why I'm like, that's true. We could get lights. We could get, you know, like a Nintendo Switch Lite or something. Or we could just get the new, yeah, the new switches. Right. But again, that's $300. Yeah. Like, that's not nothing. The other reason why I'm thinking about this is because, you know, I have been putting more time in the last few months into my Nintendo 3DS mm. than I really did most of the Nintendo 3DS's life. And I am still rocking my Nintendo 3DS XL, the Year of Luigi, like, um, Partners in Time edition. No, 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 no. Dream, Dream Team. Team. Yeah. Uh, Mario and Luigi Dream Team. Yeah, edition. And it's it's been long in the tooth for a, for a long time now. But I totally missed my opportunity to upgrade to a new 3DS or a new 2DS, which is probably what I would buy. And now they're impossible to get and extremely expensive With when you do. Like, occasionally they'll show up on the Nintendo store refurbished, but they go in, like, 10 seconds. Yeah. Uh, how, how expensive are we talking here for, for the, the resale on these things? I don't know. I think, like, at least what they were going for new, if not more. Uh, yeah, but that's okay. Like, at least with it. So, yeah, like a, a new 3DS uh, with, like, the Purple Galaxy 229.95. That is a lot. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Let's try new 2DS XL. So, I am feeling a little bit like, do I... I want to future-proof my 3DS a little bit. Yes. And so, do I get a new 3DS or... Am I going to feel this way about, like, the Switch in a couple of years where I'm like, man, I wish I would have upgraded it when I had the chance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I, I think we're, whatever Switch comes out next, whatever hardware comes out next, I feel like is still going to be the Switch. But I hope that's true. I yeah, don't, that I don't know like, that's true. it has, like, backwards compatibility with all of the current titles yeah i i really hope that's true as well here's the thing with looking at other like uh or people reselling um new nintendo uh 3ds's or 2ds's um is that there you don't really see any still in box um which means that who knows how beat up that bottom screen is right right um i all i have a few like kind of you know dings on on my touch screen that bug me but like you know what a yeah, just like you. I, I'm, I'm not going to like buy a new one. It's too expensive. Another highlight from Nintendo's earnings, 39 games sold over 1 million copies in the last fiscal year, and 13 of those are from third-party developers. Wow. That's a lot of software. Uh, How many? So, okay. Dragon Quest XI has seconds of an elusive age definitive edition for the Nintendo Switch. Is that on that list? We don't know. They, don't don't, know. they, don't, okay. they didn't share the list for third parties because I don't think they sell. They share like their sales. I think you know we can assume Monster Hunter Rise is on there. We can assume that uh, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle is on there. Well, no, no, sorry. So this is just in the last fiscal year. It's oh, a million. okay. I see, yeah, I see. not over the lifetime of the Switch. Got it, got it, got it. Um, so, yeah. So, so what? Yeah, just this last year. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either, but that is, I mean, probably Minecraft, probably some of those like evergreen sure. heavy hitters, but that's, that's, that's uh, still pretty that's remarkable. Still 13 games. Yeah. When the, er, with the earnings release, Nintendo holds a question and answer call with investors. And sometimes we get some interesting details out of these calls, but this one was really short and surprisingly dry. 
Uh, I mean, it's almost as like they're saving something for a <laughs> Nintendo Direct-style presentation uh, Tuesday morning, June uh, 14th. They did talk about um, the transition to a next, ge- next generation, kind of. So basically, in a response to a question about the Switch's software lineup this year being pretty stacked for a console's sixth year on the market, and um, also how Nintendo intends to smoothly transition to a new console generation whenever that happens the because the question specifically is like hey historically these transitions are pretty rough so you know what are you how are you thinking about these transitions Shintura- the transitions to the wii and to the switch were not rough but yes i i get yeah. I, I get the general sentiment uh yeah or i guess you know they're on such this like tiktok cycle where right it's either goes really well or, or just really like, poorly oh, really yeah. horribly Shintaro Furukawa, who's Nintendo's president, said, quote, We have already announced some software titles that will be released through next spring. Unlike in the past, even though Nintendo Switch has gone through five years since its launch, there is still a rich lineup of new titles to be released. The biggest reason for this is that, thanks to the smooth launch of the Nintendo Switch itself, we have been able to concentrate our development resources on one platform. On the other hand, looking back on past experiences of generational change, such as the change from the Wii and Nintendo DS eras, we recognize that one of our tasks is ensuring the transition to future generations of hardware is as smooth as possible. To that end, we are focusing on building long-term relationships with the relationships with our consumers through Nintendo accounts. While continuing to release new Nintendo Switch software for consumers to enjoy, we aim to maintain relationships across hardware generations through services that utilize Nintendo accounts and pro- by providing opportunities for them to experience our IP through other non-gaming channels. Interesting. So what Nintendo accounts is he referring to here? Is like to your subscription to Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pass? Yeah. And also just like your normal thing where you're getting gold and platinum points. Right. Which I guess you're also creating, you know, if you're linking your a mobile game that you're playing to your Nintendo account. Or if you're just like doing stuff on Nintendo websites, like because you can earn platinum points that way yeah that's true um strange though uh to, to think that like that's the unifying thing that's right. going to carry it just people doesn't over feel that strong to the next generation yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's anything that's sticky unless having in my opinion having these games that you've purchased tied to your account and if you carry your account right. over to this new console then these games come with you like that's sticky but if it's just you earned like six hundred platinum points. Yeah, who I don't cares? know what good what good that does. I mean, hundred more platinum points, so you can get yourself <laughs> a set of coasters that aren't very good. But like, as as long as whatever Nintendo puts out next is compatible with Joy-Con, as long as Joy-Con can like connect to it, it should be able to play everything that uh, the Nintendo Switch can play right now. Right? Like, it's not it's not in the same boat as say the Wii U, which had this very specific gamepad thing, um, or even, I guess it is similar-ish to the to the Wii in that, like, as long as the Wii remote could connect, um, you could carry that kind of stuff forward, which is why the Wii U is so easily backwards compatible to Wii games, right? But it's not, it, like, the crucial distinction here is that it's not locked behind that uh, dual screen sort of uh, setup, right? right. Um, that the kind of thing that makes uh, 3DS, DS, and Wii U games sort of locked on those platforms forever because um, we're never going to see another dual screen uh, experience. Um, 
so yeah, I, that that makes sense to me that uh, they would be saying that these games are tied to your Nintendo account, and you can expect to see your Nintendo account in its totality represented on the next thing. I don't have total faith. I don't either. In that. But it feels like it has to be true. I just I struggle to think of what Nintendo could do or come up with that would um be so good in the Nintendo account, right? Yeah. That, that that would make that be the thing that you wanted to come back for. Or really like backwards compatibility in general, like I don't know what Nintendo could create that would make us say, wow, I'm willing to leave my entire Switch library behind and start all over in order to get this thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I totally agree. Unless it's like, no, e- even if it was like all first party Nintendo stuff from like uh, NES, uh, Super NES, Nintendo 64, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, even that isn't enough to make me go like, oh, well, then I don't mind that I can't bring... Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Uh, you know, like some of the biggest and best games of the last five years. Which is such a change from how video games used to operate. It used to yeah. just be like new generation. New you games, don't expect yeah. to bring any of those back. And yes, you know, like the Wii could play GameCube games and all that stuff. But it was a nice to have. It definitely didn't feel like table stakes. But now backwards compatibility just feels like table stakes. You yeah. just expect it to work. Yeah, well, and especially back one generation. Like... That that is that has become standard. Uh, that is what both Sony and Microsoft did. But like, uh, you know, I, Nintendo maybe dodged a bullet just in going first, right? Getting their system out on the market like two years before everybody else, um, and having such like a clean line of like, we are done with the Wii U era, and we're done with those games. By the way, we'll be releasing them for the next <laughs> four years. Um, that like they weren't held to that same sort of standard, right? Um, and, uh, you know, like, it also, in some extent, like, makes sense, too. Just, like, the Wii U was still very much, like, about the physical uh, games. Um, and you, you can't put discs in a Switch. You can't put discs in a Switch, Mark. Um, but, yeah, like, it's it's obviously it's the, like, uh, the, the legacy, um, like, eShop libraries, the virtual console libraries that are most missing um, from current Switch uh, if if they like started putting the other um other game libraries on there like via virtual console and still just left these four libraries that are already on there as like no those are always going to be part of like subscription services whatever i think they'd do really well especially I think they would too. especially if they were like this carries forward these are always connected to your nintendo account well that's the other thing is you know we talk about there were rumors of game boy and game boy color games right. coming to nintendo switch online but I also feel like we're getting to the point. This will be the Switch's sixth year where does it make sense to continue adding these to the Switch subscription service if the Switch if all of this stuff isn't just gonna carry over to the next console? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. At what point do you stop adding to a system that you're gonna be sunsetting, right? Yeah. Like, um well, and also like I think all of this is like we said this about the Wii too. So like, you know, whatever, any, anything we say is probably wrong, but like, I can't imagine them at this point dropping the branding of switch, right? Like whatever they put out next is going to be a Nintendo switch, something or a new Nintendo switch, switch advanced, super switch, something. It, it, I know switch you. No, I, I completely agree. It just makes 
sense to me that this the switch is such a great concept that I don't really know what they need to they don't really need to mess with anything. Right. You just need to make it it's not even that it I think thinking of it as making the switch more powerful is not the right lens in which to view it. It's really just future proofing the switch. That is what the whatever the next iteration of Nintendo hardware needs to do for right now. Maybe in 10 years from now, it's it is time for a new concept and the sure. hybrid model is just like something that everybody's doing because technology has, has advanced to that right. point. All of our phones so need, have a yeah. PlayStation app and an Xbox. So you app, need yeah. to do something different, but for right now, it's like I think you just need to uh, ensure that the Switch can continue for the next ten years, and that just means making it more powerful. We've uh, talked before; we've done episodes before, like predicting what the next uh, like revision of the Switch is going to be. I, I think as early as like three years ago, we did uh, predicting it. Um, but I think all of our predictions are generally pretty safe things, right? Like more powerful this, better this, whatever, whatever. The next time they put something out that it, that like a new piece of hardware, it's going to be something we can't predict, right? It's going to have a feature that we Probably. can't anticipate. Yeah, for sure. Because um, th- that's just the way that these guys operate. Uh, and... I think you're right. I just worry in the same way with like the Wii to Wii U that it'll be like gilding the lily a little bit and why mess. It is totally possible, like you're saying, that there is something that they will come up with that you're like, this makes complete sense. I'm so glad we have this. It opens up a whole new form of gameplay and all that kind of stuff. And I hope that that is the case. But I hope that we're just not changing for change's sake, which the Wii U kind of felt like. Right. Well, but the Wii U is also them like making a stronger Wii, right? Like in a lot of ways, like, yeah, there's the gamepad too, which, you know, is its own thing. Um, But like just the fact that it was still relying on like motion controls for a lot of stuff, but HD graphics for the first time ever and just having more processing power. Like that's true. That is sort of what what we're talking about for for Switch, right? Like we just want it to be um, running with current generation uh, hardware and it's not it's uh it's sort of back in in the in the old generation even being beat by you know it's, it's not as strong as a playstation 4 um which kind of sucks uh but yeah so i i, I think <clears throat> i think nintendo will make it more powerful and do something that we don't expect and we should try to do a prediction episode <laughs> where we figure out what I mean, what that, that mystery that is kind of what we like about nintendo right yeah is that totally their abilities to surprise us Here's some really great news. Nintendo's financial results revealed that Metroid Dread is now the best-selling Metroid game of all time. Wow. Baby, Metroid is back. Wow. I mean, I think we're in uncharted territory. I don't know that Metroid has ever been back. (laughs) Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, I think briefly. So the the previous best-selling game was Metroid Prime which sold 2.84 million units uh, in its lifetime. Metroid Dread, out for not even a year, has sold 2.9. I feel like, I do feel like Metroid Prime was another heyday for Metroid. But that was 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it was 20 years ago. uh, And I'm also just like, how, how many... Hold on, all-time sales numbers. I'm I'm looking up how many Game Cubes there are uh, out out in the wild. Um, oh wait, I think I can tell you because I have a list of best-selling consoles up. 
did um, have to look way down. So twenty one point seven four million. So like one fifth as many of uh, less less. There, there's uh, there are so many fewer game cubes in the wild than there are switches. Yeah, uh, and then that the Metroid Dread just barely squeaks it out. Mind you, at only a year in, uh, and I wonder if this also takes into account like uh, not even a full year, like half a year, right? Because it came out in October. Yeah, it came out in October. Um, yeah, my, my my point is, and it still it still has legs. It'll still sell for a while, but like. Prime was a moment, right? And for the install base uh, of GameCube owners, was a had a higher presence on on the system than Dread does on the Switch. I do think that's true, but I, I definitely think that's true. But Metroid's back, baby! <laughs> all yeah, all that said, Metroid is back. I and you know, Metroid Four is Metroid Prime Four is still looming out there, and mm-hmm. I think that that has the potential to be enormous yeah i agree with that um because you know um a metroid 2d side-scrolling metroid game is always going to be a hard sell and the fact that it has done so well and that metroid prime 4 is looming out there um and that theoretically or not even theoretically that potentially rumors say that a metroid prime remake is looming out there so I don't know. I think Metroid could be big. I hope that they're able to g- build on this momentum. Because, you know, like you pointed out with Metroid Prime, we've had pops before, but right. then quickly becomes fallow qu- quick, yet quick, again. Quickly disappears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it is cool to see that, you know, it's, uh, Dread is almost at 3 million now. That makes it like, you know, the, Nintendo has so many, the, as you pointed out, 39 games that have sold over a million copies in the last year alone, right? Um, that, like... This this brings it like sort of above that tier of like the about a million sellers, right? Which is you know not to speak ill of those games, but like to sell almost three million copies, that's a lot. It's 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 up into the it's not up into the uh, you know Pokemon or Breath of the Wild or uh, you know Animal Crossing and um, uh, Mario Kart eight uh, tiers, but it is higher. Yeah, definitely. Last week also saw the April 2022 North American video game sales report from industry analyst NPD. Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga was the best-selling game on all platforms in April. Congratulations, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Kirby and the Forgotten Land and Nintendo Switch Sports were number four and five, respectively. And reminder that the report doesn't include digital download numbers from Nintendo. So that's just physical for both of those. Also, in the U.S., the Switch has now sold more than the PlayStation 4 and is the fourth best-selling console of all time behind the PlayStation 2, Xbox 360, and Wii. The sixth best-selling if you include the Game Boy and DS as well. So wow. it's interesting to see the differences between yeah. worldwide sales and uh, like North America sales. Because if you do North America, then there's an Xbox in the list. <laughs> there's an Xbox, like the se- yeah, second best-selling of all time. And also, uh, worldwide, PlayStation 4 is still ahead by like 10 million units or 15 or can't yeah. remember what I said earlier, 20 million, I think. Um, no, 10 million. So, but in, that, in, in Japan, the Switch outsold the PlayStation 4 a long time ago. It is now in North America outsold, uh, the Switch has outsold the PlayStation 4. So, Europe, big, big Sony fans. Big Sony fans over there. Um, I do think it's, uh, it's it's it is so interesting to see the uh, PlayStation Two though uh, 
just sitting in the number one spot uh, unequivocally globally locally it doesn't matter playstation 2 was a behemoth because it played dvds yeah it sold over 155 million units so the switch still has you know like uh 50 percent of its uh, (laughs) total sales to date to try and uh, get, get back to it which i mean like is that possible if it's if they're running Switch for another three years, yeah, they're selling. I think it. I think it'll really <laughs> kind of. I think it'll really just depend on how quickly the Switch craters. Because yeah. this year they're projecting another twenty-one right. million, and then so you know that leaves like a thirty million gap. But if it drops off a cliff after that, if they release new hardware and you know like everybody starts adopting that, then probably not a chance. Yeah, I mean, you know, Breath of the Wild two still has to come out. I know, so crazy. <laughs> And Metroid Prime 4 and this Donkey Kong game that we don't know anything about. Pokemon Pokemon Home is getting a big 2.0 update soon. That's uh, a- 2.0.0. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, that supports Pokemon Legends Arceus and Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Players will be able to transfer Pokemon to and from these games with some caveats. Uh, honestly, the nuances are over my head. Uh, I'm just a super casual Pokemon player who has right. never had a need for Pokemon Bank or Pokemon Home. but I'm sure it's just a lot of like regional variants that you won't be able to transfer from newer games to older games. Like I bet you can't take a... Um, oh boy. <laughs> I'm venturing into <laughs> uncharted territory here. Uh, okay, so in Legends Arceus, you are in the land of... Uh, it's the it's, Sinnoh region, right? But it's before it's the Sinnoh region, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm I'm I won't be able to... So you won't be able to take that variation of, you know, uh, Chimchar or whatever uh-huh. uh, and bring it back into, like, Sword and Shield because it didn't exist at that point. Uh, right. They talk about how there are different, you know, like, Pokeballs in Arceus that don't exist yet or that, like, don't exist in... Sword and Shield or whatever because oh, sure. it's so yeah, ancient. That, that makes sense. And so, you know, they, they have rules and ways to account for all of this. It's just way, way over my head. Um, this bit from the announcement seems to sum it up best, though. Quote, transferring Pokemon to a game they were not originally caught in may cause certain changes to known moves, level, and what type of Pokeball they were caught in. It's the Hisui region. Okay, there we go. There we go. I was never in a million years going to get that. Uh, I would, but only because I was going to look it up. (laughs) We've been talking about recent reports of poor treatment of contractors at Nintendo of America and a complaint that was filed with the NLRB, the National Labor Relations Board. While Nintendo hasn't really commented publicly on these latest reports that came from GameSpot, IGN, other um, outlets... Axios reported that Nintendo of America president Doug Bowser did send a message to staff internally, and they published excerpts from the message, which I'm going to read now. Quote, like many of you, the executive leadership team and I find many of these points troubling, and we are closely reviewing the content. And the message also reiterated Nintendo's, quote, zero tolerance for inappropriate conduct, including harassment, discrimination, or intimidation. It's pretty weak. It's it's pretty weak and uh, kind of not addressing addressing it at all. It at all. Um, uh, it's, it's Nintendo's zero tolerance for inappropriate conduct, including harassment, discrimination, and intimidation. Maybe intimidation a little bit was part of uh, what was being talked about in uh, the the pieces by like the the Cat Bailey piece on um, on IGN, uh, but not really. Just sort of like a a, a culture of treating the the 
freelancers or the contract people as like freelancers, right? And as disposable. Yeah, and a very like us ver- and them mentality. Right, right. Which is definitely different than. And look, I'm glad that Nintendo has uh, is you know <laughs> stating their zero tolerance policy for uh, harassment, discrimination, and intimidation. But that's not really what it was being addressed there. And you know that with you know this uh, the NLRB complaint, Nintendo isn't going to say anything. They're right. right? They're right. they're not going to acknowledge a problem should it exist because um, that would be admitting fault. And so they're not going to do that. But it's also, uh, I don't know. You, you this to me just basically reads like a shrug, right? Like the corporate it's, equivalent of like uh it's we have nothing to announce tisk, at this tisk, time. Yeah. Is 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 what it is, right? Like like many of you, the executive leadership team and I find many of these points troubling, and we are closely reviewing the content. The content of the complaint, the content of what is the content there? Yeah. Um it's not we are closely reviewing our practices and policies, which would be like that's at the very least sounds more actionable, right? Right. Um so I don't know, this is one where we just need to sort of like pay attention and see if there are any like changes that come out of this. Um, but I don't even really know how we would be alerted to that. Uh, yeah. I mean, hopefully, I mean, best case scenario, which I don't know whatever happened is, you know, they really take a lot of this feedback to heart and they do make a lot yeah. of changes. And there's a follow-up piece in a year that's like, wow, Nintendo really turned it around and is now a gold standard and a leader in this category. I just, it uh, just feels like a right. lot. Call me in a for. year. Right. <laughs> Um, finally, the HD remakes of The Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess are some of the few Wii U exclusives that haven't made it over to Switch at this point. But there's, it feels like... Star Fox Zero. Always. <laughs> one of the few. There's a handful. Star Fox Guard. <laughs> uh, it feels like there's persistent rumors that they're going to make it over to Nintendo Switch at Land. some point. <laughs> I, I, I was almost like, oh no, I have to give up because I can't think of another one. <laughs> <laughs> the company Tantalus was responsible for the Twilight Princess remake and last year's Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD on Switch. On the Fragments of Silicon podcast, Tantalus CEO Tom Crago said Nintendo... Sorry, I didn't... Tom, sorry, Tom. I didn't mean to pronounce your last <laughs> yeah, name was, incredulously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think that's this guy's last yeah. name. Crago. Uh, Tantalus CEO Tom Crago mm-hmm. said Nintendo hadn't approached them about bringing Twilight Princess HD to Switch. Which... What does that mean? Well... That just means that they haven't been working on it, or at yeah. least he's uh, under enough of an NDA that he has to say that he hasn't been approached. Right, about but it. like you could, you know, people hedge that all the time. They're like, yeah, sure, oh, I can't comment on that. Uh, we would we love to ha- see it come to the uh-huh. switch, but yeah, 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 but yeah, doesn't doesn't mean that it isn't happening. Just not handled by Tantalus, presumably. Right. Well, and you got to remember that there are two uh, HD Zelda games that uh, are still like sort of out there in the wind. Uh, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. So maybe Nintendo is internally like yeah, putting I, them on and one. And I can't remember. It, I mean, it sounds like Tantalus didn't do Wind Waker. Was it done internally by Nintendo? Do you know? Yeah, I, I, don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, do you, you know, normally we get one Zelda thing a year. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Breath of the Wild 2 was intended to be that thing and so we won't get anything in 2022 but we'll be getting it you know breath of the wild 2 in early 2023 or do you think there is something zelda coming this year oh is there a zelda something coming this year 
I could see no. Yeah, I'm not sure they would slot it at this point. Can we do can we do all of the years since the Switch came out and just say what the Zelda thing was that year? Let's try. Okay, 2017, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. 2018, I'm already at a question mark. Was that um it may have been like Hyrule Warriors Definitive That's Edition. What I, I think there, yeah, because there definitely was a Hyrule Warriors on Switch. Okay, and then 2019 is uh, Link's, Link's Awakening. Awakening. 2020 would have been Hyrule Warriors 2, right? Uh-huh. Age of Calamity. Yep. And then what was, or was that 2021? I think it was the end of 2020. Okay, then what was 2021? Hmm. Did we get one in 2020? Oh, yeah, 2021 was Skyward Sword HD. Great point. <laughs> we did it. Yeah. And now we're in 2022. Also, uh, uh, the Cadence of Hyrule was in there at some point as well. I think probably 2018. I think Cadence of Hyrule was 2020 because I think it was announced. I just have a memory of watching the Indie World Showcase. Or I don't even know that it was an Indie World Showcase. It might have been one of those partner showcases that they were doing during I think it was an Indie pandemic. World. But anyways, I think, yeah. it was, I think it was during lockdown. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, I, maybe 2022 is just a year that we won't a get A year one. without a Zelda. Yeah. My God. Last year, we also got the Zelda Game & Watch. Don't forget. Oh, yes. That's right. For the, uh, well-remembered 35th anniversary. That's right. When, when are we going to find out what the Game & Watch is this year? Huh? <laughs> I mean, Kirby was the perfect opportunity. Kirby was the perfect. It still is the perfect opportunity. But maybe, yeah, maybe it was just too close to... Mm. Uh, the Zelda Game & Watch coming out for them to reveal another one. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's always going to be a, like, November uh, release. And I say always because I just want them to do a couple yeah, more Yeah, I these. think this might be, like, the classic editions where they do two. They do and two like, and they're like, I don't know. Well, we did it. All right. He also, uh, Tom Crago also said that it took them about a year and a half to perfect the non-motion controls for Skyward Sword HD. Um, Which is... Uh, I don't know. Is that time well spent? What do you think? <laughs> They've figured out a way to make it playable on the Switch Lite. So I don't know of anybody who played through it without the motion controls. I would be interested to hear people's experiences if you did. I was so used to the motion controls that I never played it in handheld mode because the few times I tried to make that like transition, right. it just felt right. it was really difficult to go from one to the other. Yeah, and I wish there were ways to like pick and choose to be like, I want to do this with the motion controls, but I want to do this with uh, traditional button controls. It was kind of an all or nothing uh, thing. And, it, you know, that that's also fine, too. Um, uh, I, I also almost wish that there was a way that you could just, uh, like, push the A button and, or, you know, whatever, the attack button, and he would just swing the sword the right way. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, all right, Mark, let's get out of the news. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you review us anywhere else, we can't see you like the ghosts in 13 Ghosts. Um, if you like the episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter, or any place that you share stuff. We love it when you do that. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nintendo Cart Society. You can also get on our Discord uh, by hitting us up either on uh, email or on Twitter. Uh, we're also on Facebook, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening.